A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, happy Saturday, everybody. Happy Saturday, Dan, Haley. Happy How are you Saturday. Guys doing? We're doing all right. Yeah. This is the big time today. Yeah, 200. Oh. Yes. Haley stole Sorry. my thunder. This yeah. is the 200th episode. Wow. When Betsy and I started this, we thought, hmm, I wonder if we'll get five. <laughs> and, and then we hit 10. And now 200 episodes. Kind of fun. So we thought, well, I thought, we're, I was going to start with something fun today. And I, I really spent a fair amount of time trying to think of what that might be. Well, then I was messing around, I was Googling, and I discovered an article that I almost skipped past. It was 200, oh, what's it called? 200 awesome facts about everything. Prepare oh. to be amazed. Okay. And normally I'd skip right past that. But this time I was desperate. So I jumped onto it and I found one of my favorite articles of all time. And I'm going to share as many of these things as I can in the time that we've got left, in honor of our 200th episode. I'm excited because you've been holding this list hostage. I have. I didn't share it with anybody. So, all right. And and some of these will will need comments, and some of them don't need any comments (laughs) at all, because it's just interesting. Like this. Did you know, this is one of those amazing facts, did you know there is a Boston typewriter orchestra? (laughs) No. An orchestra. (laughs) Literally. There are musicians who what they do is tap on a keyboard. That's really on an cool. old typewriter. Really? Do you want to listen to that? I kind of do. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, they've even got an album. It sounds amazing. But anyway, <laughs> did you know that fleas are among the world's best jumpers? I suspected yes, that. I, I knew that. I know. Think of cartoons. Well, yeah, but have you yeah. ever seen a flea in real life? No. My home was ridden with them? No, that's a joke. (laughs) Oh, sure it is. (laughs) Dan just cringed and pulled away (laughs) involuntarily, I'm sure. But yeah, they're they're tough. Well, they're tough to kill when the dog would get some. But they can jump like 500 times their height or some ridiculous thing like that. When I jump, I literally, literally feel like I'm flying like that, but I go about two inches in the air. Literally, we've taped it (laughs) and I can watch it. It's horrible. How about this? The word tragedy. Right? Very sad. Tragedy comes from an ancient Greek word meaning goat song. Doesn't that seem right? Yeah. (laughs) Goat song. Well, doesn't that sound like a tragedy? Yeah. Listening to goat. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what it actually is? Is goats were actually the prize in Athenian play competitions. Oh, so you'd sing and you'd win a goat. I don't know. I just thought it was very funny. I like this. The creator of the Pringles clan, Mm -hmm. you know, that Uh thing. Yeah. He's buried in one. No way. Yeah. Cremated. Really? And put He's his probably ashes, the. What'd you say? Cremated and put his ashes. Oh, inside I thought you of said a... creamy onion, and I thought I don't think that's the flavor. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I wonder what flavor can he's buried in. They should have come out with a hot and spicy. Whatever that's is mine. <laughs> I claim that one. I don't think it's true, but when people dig me up, they'll wonder. <laughs> Ooh, hot and spicy. This Was guy must have been something. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Here's what I really liked. Um, I got to find it. Michelangelo, right? Okay. Painted the Sistine Chapel because we want to talk about paint stuff slightly. <laughs> he hated it. He hated yeah, painting he... the Sistine Chapel and he actually wrote a poem about it. And I looked up the poem and here's the beginning. I've already grown a goiter from this torture, <laughs> hunched up here like a cat in Lombardy, or anywhere else where stagnant waters like poison. My stomach squashed under my chin. 
Isn't that awesome? That's what he's writing as wow. he's painting this amazing yeah. masterpiece. I had heard that. He that's really tragic. So you knew that. that one. Yeah, he hated that job. Yeah. See, that's... Well, can you imagine? I mean, if you really think about it, of course. Laying on your back for yeah. like a half a year. Well, listen. Yeah, because he's got this. Um, let's see here. My brush above me all the time dribbles paint, so my face makes a fine floor for droppings. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Gross. it really conjures that image, doesn't it? <laughs> I think about pigeons. Exactly and what I thought of. Thinking about birds or talking about birds, this was one of my favorite ones. Um, Andrew Jackson had a pet parrot. Did you know that, President Andrew Jackson? Nope. Old Hickory, right? That's what we called him. Right. Because he was yep. kind of rough. Anyway, the bird was originally meant for his wife. And when she passed away, Andrew, Mr. Jackson, took that yeah, bird on. they live for a really long time. Yeah, you know what? Apparently spending time with Mr. Jackson, the bird picked up some salty language. Oh, cool. Yes. So when Andrew Jackson passes on Mm -hmm. and they have his funeral and everybody, thousands, thousands and thousands of people gather to pay respects. Thousands, let's just say. Okay. Not he's thousands not, and thousands, he's just not thousands. Me. He's not right, me. Yeah. Not that kind of celebrity. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You had to say you were joking. <laughs> four people show up at mine. Anyway, when everybody gathers, the bird is there, literally there. And in fact, he, the bird is so foul and filthy, he has to be removed from the ceremony. <laughs> and I've got a quote from the reverend who, who was presiding. I was going to say, be careful. <laughs> here's, here's the quote. Before the sermon and while the crowd was gathering, a wicked parrot that was a household pet got excited and commenced swearing so loud and long as to disturb the people and had to be carried from the house. He goes on to say that the parrot was excited by the multitude and let loose, quote, a perfect gust of cuss words. People were, quote, horrified and awed at the bird's lack of reverence. Isn't that awesome? A bird with Tourette's, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to do real stuff. But I wanted to have fun at the beginning. The rest, all downhill from here. That's all next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. So, the other day, I get home from work and I walk into the house, and my dog, Maggie, goes absolutely nuts because she's excited to see me. And she's running around in circles all over the place, gets all excited, walks up to me then, mm-hmm. and her little nose touches my finger, yeah. and she gets the biggest static. Shock. Shock ever. I mean, she didn't yelp, but she did cringe. And then she didn't quite look at me the same. Yeah, exactly. And, and Haley, Burger's been doing that too. Your cat. Mm-hmm. Burger, you got to spell yeah. that because people are going to think the wrong thing. B-E-R-G-E-R. Like the last name, Burger. Not like the ground beef. Not the hamburger. Right. Although we were inspired. By ground beef? Yeah. But you said something about you pet him? Yeah, I've been petting because he gets excited when I get home too. He does his little happy dance. His back is all arched and he looks up and so I pet him a bunch, and his tail, you know, the fur starts to cling to it now because of the winter, and he's getting all charged up with static. <laughs> and then he goes over to stuff to sniff, you know, like my computer that's, you know, I've just taken out of my bag. It's metal. His 
nose gets shocked or then he goes over and you know I'm gonna pet him he gets shocked so I'm like creating all these fear yeah. factors in the room <laughs> right well, I traumatizing him and the thing I thought was so funny is she was telling me that when he gets shocked she goes to comfort him and pets him some more yeah <laughs> charges him up again and sends him out so yeah poor burger <laughs> yeah anyway we wanted to talk about that because actually there's something that you should be doing Haley to fix that something I could be doing it's really it's a symptom of course of low humidity in the house right and there are things that you can do to fix that there's a lot of different things you could try we're gonna focus mostly on humidifiers and kind of give you an idea of what you should be looking for if you're buying one but let's start with low humidity problems one of them is the static shock thing yeah but there are other things that you can run into the amplification of asthma and allergy symptoms definitely all kinds of other things dry skin one thing that I thought was really interesting and I hadn't known this, but it can affect the way we feel warmth. I don't know if you guys have ever had it. We've had it in our house where everybody feels cold. Mm -hmm. And then we look at the temperature in the house, and we've all said, how can it be 74 degrees doesn't in the feel house? that warm. We're all freezing. Right. Well, if there's low humidity, it affects how we really perceive the real temperature. So it, people it like feels dry colder. Heat. Like they go to the desert, they like the dry heat, but they don't like our Michigan heat, right? Because it feels so much hotter. Yes. Dry heat is good. Dry heaves entirely <laughs> different, not as good. <laughs> Maybe better than the other kind of heaves, but still not much. Anyway, that's a low humidity problem. Right. All of those things. And also it's not good for our furniture, our flooring, things right. like that. But if it's too high, that's not great either. Right now we can be, you know, increasing the chance that mold and mildew will grow in the house. Right. We could have too much condensation or condensation forming on the windows and on the walls. Right. Even. Remember we talked about that, and we talked yeah. about those brilliant engineer-like people who solved that condensation problem yeah. on the window <laughs> by creating this weird channel of plastic that they taped to the window. A home inspector was reporting this okay. on, on a website, and they had these great channels and gutters that they created so that it would drip down their window into these little tracks into a little tube into a little bucket wow. and there you go <laughs> yeah, problem solved too much humidity going on and too much time <laughs> that's extreme it is extreme definitely that's why i liked it so anyway all <laughs> kinds of different things can be be bad if the humidity level isn't right so we got to figure out what is the right mm -hmm. level what's the right. butter zone well they say like around 35 percent to 50 percent is that sweet spot for humidity in the house butter zone the butter the zone butter. the goldilocks zone yeah not too yeah. humid, not too Just dry. right. So you're looking for 35 to 50%. And that's all great and easy to say, but how do we determine <laughs> right. what that is? There are a number of different things you can do. A hygrometer. Right. Did you hear that, Dan? A I said that right on the first time. That's impressive, right? Yeah. A hygrom. <laughs> a hygrometer yeah. is a is a essentially like a thermometer, but it measures humidity in the air. Right, just sits on your counter, not like the little things you put in your mouth. Right, right? Yeah. Yeah. and then it will tell you the percentages of humidity. Blah blah blah. But there's another solution. You, and and I, before I move on, though, I should say those are relatively inexpensive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's we, not a reason to not have one. Right. Really. Exactly. So like 18 bucks, I think I was seeing them. So yeah. if you want to know for sure, that's the way to go. Right. If you want to kind of ballpark it, ice cubes. Ice cubes. This was Haley's yeah. brilliant idea. <laughs> well. I, don't, I didn't come yeah, up with it. Yeah, it was your idea. discovery. Yeah. She's regurgitating somebody else's brilliance. 
because I wanted to know. Away, like, it, it feels really dry in my apartment, but I don't know for sure. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm just super sensitive. But it said to put ice cubes into a glass, um, like four ice cubes. Mm-hmm. Put it in a glass, leave the room because you don't want to be causing humidity with your breath, essentially. Leave it in there for like five to ten minutes and see if condensation is building up on the outside of the glass. If it is, then you've probably got decent humidity in there. If it's not building up, though, that means that the humidity is really, really low. It's super dry. Right. And if it's just pouring off of the glass... A little bit too much. Yeah. Then it's, then it's too much. So it's going to give you a ballpark idea. Right. So, all right. However you figure out where your levels are at, you know, if you touch the dog and you see blue lightning shooting from your fingers <laughs> like the Emperor in Star Wars, you don't need to do all the other tests. You know right off the bat. You're a little low. What do you do? And that's where we wanted to talk about humidifiers. Very easy way to bump things up in the house. And when you look at it, there's a lot of different options out there. So I guess let's start with that. How do we figure out the right one for us? And it's really pretty situation specific. Right. So in my situation, I have a whole house humidifier and it hooks up to the furnace. Mm -hmm. I had it professionally installed by the heating and air conditioning people. And so are you humidifier snob too? <laughs> we established last week right. you were a snob in other levels. Yes, I guess I, I guess I am. <laughs> no, you know they're relatively inexpensive. I mean, it's oh. not gonna break the bank to look at a whole house humidifier. They're very hands free. You don't have to maintain them other than an occasional filter change, but uh, they fill themselves. They're hidden in the basement wherever your furnace is. Um, they just work. Wow. That's pretty cool, actually. That actually sounds like the kind of thing I should have. It it might not be right for your situation. Why not? Well, for one good example is what if you have don't have forced air heat? What if you have a boiler or in floor heat? Okay. Now you don't have any way to distribute that moisture on the room. But we could look into it. And you said they're relatively inexpensive. Yeah, surprisingly inexpensive. So if anybody's interested, I mean, that's definitely... Now, we don't all have that. Just because we have a furnace doesn't mean we have one of these installed at all. Right, right. Right. So definitely it's something to think about. Check with an HVAC professional. Contractor, yeah. Yeah, they'll get you some prices and help you figure out... If that's going to be right for you. That's a whole house one. Yeah. For me, I'm just looking for a room. Ideally, I think just the bedroom, you know, that's where I'm sleeping. I'm spending a lot of time in there. Or, I mean, potentially even the kitchen, it's in the center of the house. Maybe Mm -hmm. that touches enough of the rooms that it affects the whole humidity. But there's a lot of options when it comes to humidifiers, too, especially when I'm starting to look into this. Which one do I buy? Right. So many different things out there. And that's what we want to kind of end with is just a number of things to consider. And some really basic things are appearance. That may sound dumb, but some are going to be boxier. Some are going to be sleeker than others. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on where you're putting it and how much that matters to you. You know, that's definitely something to look at and consider. Uh, you want to pick one based on your room size. They'll all give you a, a basic gauge as to how big a space. A general idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So know your square footage of the room right. that you're trying to cover. And, and I think a lot of them are like 400 square feet typically. Right. That, that's pretty average. So that's what you're shooting for there. A couple other considerations would be whether you want warm or cool mist. Now, most of the ones that we see are going to be cool mist. But originally, and not too long ago... The yeah. warm mist ones were a little more popular. You think of like the Vicks ones from when you were a kid. Yeah. That was a long time ago, that, though. <laughs> well, for me, though, I was using Not that, that long ago. Yes. Well, I was using it on my kids. All right. Sure. 
for me, it was still a long time ago, but not nearly as long <laughs> as, as for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so which one's better? You know, most of the time you're going to find cool mist ones or some that will do both. Right. The one thing that we were going to stress is that the reason the cool ones have become a little more popular, mm-hmm. a little more cool, <laughs> a little cooler, yeah, <laughs> is because of the safety level of them. With the warm air mist ones, it's hot. Yeah, you can run into problems with kids uh, knocking it over. Clumsy dads. I had issues where I would, yeah, I would burn myself from time to time. I wonder if this is hot. <laughs> it is. I wonder if I should touch it again to find out how hot. Oh, it's hot enough yet. Yeah. So cool mist is where a lot of things are going. Just because and when it's you breathe safer. it in, it ends up being the same temperature, anyways. That's the big thing. By the time it reaches your lower airways. It's going to be the same temperature no matter what it started out as. So, cool or warm, kind of your own call, but cool seems to be a little more popular right now. They're cooler. Uh, When it comes to looking at them, you'll find there's a a number of different types of them. Mm -hmm. The two most popular are going to be ultrasonic and evaporative. Yep. Now, evaporative ones... That's more got like a wick in it. It's going to have a fan. They're a little bit louder. So I think that's part of the consideration for people, too. And it's got a filter, typically, that you're replacing. They're a little boxier, too. Yeah. A little clunkier looking. They're not as sleek because they've got to house more stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't distribute as much mist as the, as the ultrasonic ones. Right. The ultrasonic ones use high-frequency sound vibrations to produce that mist. They're quieter. And the design is usually sleeker. Right. The bigger consideration for me, at least, is how easy it is to clean. Because I've started looking into this and now, you know, the worry is, well, I have to clean this. You know, it says weekly. And so how easy it is to clean every week is a pretty big consideration. It seems like the ones that have been reviewed to be easy to clean are going to be a little bit boxier and they've got just a larger opening so that you can get your hand in there and actually wipe it down. Right. A couple other last things to think about. You're generally going to want to use distilled water. Most manufacturers are going to recommend that you stay away from regular tap water Mm -hmm. because it can contain minerals and other things and that can shorten the life of the humidifier. So distilled water is the ideal. If you can't do that, you're going to want to look for a humidifier that actually does have a filter that will filter out some of those things. Exactly. And if it has a filter, you're going to have to replace that on a regular basis right? based on the manufacturer's recommendations. Either way, one last thing, you want to keep the thing empty right? whenever it's not in use. And that means even over a 24-hour span, you got to get the water out of it. You want to prevent bacteria from growing in that water tank. Yeah. So Maggie at home is going to have to get used to the static pops. Because <laughs> there's a lot of work involved in maintaining humidifier. And I'm a little nervous. You don't now. think you're up for it, Dan? Well, we have one here that's been just fine for a couple of years. And now that Haley's gone through all of this... I can tell. We're going to throw it away. (laughs) And we just named it. We've never cleaned it. Yeah. So, Stephen, our humidifier, probably won't be here in a couple of weeks. Anyway, we'll have more information in the show notes. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about ice dams on the roof and the problems that can result from that. That's all coming up next. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show. Dan Hansen, Dan Altina, Haley, Haley Johnson, Johnson, all sitting here. <laughs> yeah. 
gosh. <laughs> Saturday morning. Uh. No, this is this is Haley's. Um, Haley pitched this topic, and I wouldn't say we argued, did we? We didn't argue about it. We just had a disagreement. <laughs> we had a disagreement that I, of course, lost. <laughs> we want to talk about feng shui. Yeah. Right? I, and it was a term that I've heard. And we had a number of little, you know, we're going to have to it figure out. It sounded a little woo-woo for you. It was a little woo-woo for me. Mm-hmm. But we got to a point where I think I'm, I'm comfortable. And you know what? That's really all that matters. Yeah, because you learned that you're kind of intuitively feng shui. Well, that we'll was get the into that. other thing that really helped. Oh, you found I'm out that at. you are. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, you have a. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's another spiritual gift. <laughs> but really, the idea is we all want to feel as comfortable as possible in our homes in our offices, in the spaces yeah. that we populate. And this has really become you know, one of those design philosophies that's been around for centuries in China, but it's been adopted largely by designers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Feng shui. We're basically using design to create something that Haley called... Good vibes. Good vibes. What exactly do you mean by that? So like when you've got a bunch of papers on the desk, it starts to make us feel maybe a little bit like low level anxiety sits in. I've got too much stuff around me. It interrupts workflows. I mean, really, it just affects productivity, but it gets into our headspace a little bit, too. So that's part of creating those good vibes. So we feel happier. We create a calming Calming space. space. Basically something open with good flow, decluttered, you know, creating balance through the home. It's not just about visual weight either. Mm -hmm. This whole balance thing isn't just about getting your furniture in the right spots. It's also about balancing colors and materials, right? Yes, definitely. You don't want to just have metal everywhere. Or just glass. You don't want a glass house. Oh my gosh, no. The neighbors don't want me to have a glass house. Right. That's bad for their feng shui. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, feng shui, the the big thing that made me think this is really worth talking about is how intuitive it really is. It's something that we're all largely doing. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to be aware. Like if when someone's setting up a new house and you've got the couch being brought in and now the wife maybe is standing back, okay, well, that is doesn't feel quite right yet. Like there's some real value to those feelings. I think that it is part of this intuitive nature right. of creating flow. Sure. So how do we do that? Haley's distilled this into a number of little rules, right? Yeah, and the first rule is clearing the air, essentially. This is like Festivus, right? (laughs) Seinfeld, the holiday, where the airing of grievances. Is that what we're talking about? Dan, these are the things that have annoyed me. Okay, let's start with me. No, let's not. (laughs) So clearing the air, what what are we getting at for real? Clear the junk is the first part of that, right? It's very anti clutter feng shui. Mm -hmm. Don't want a bunch of paper stacking up, like we said. If we've got papers like that, then we need to find a tray that those go in for the project. Maybe you have multiple trays. But once you start putting all of these things in their own home, you know, like our shoes, keys, coats, that's all great. We've got hooks and shoe racks, but for papers and other storage, now we need storage for the storage. We don't just want a bunch of tote containers around our house. Those should go in the basement or the attic. So everything gets a space. We clear out the clutter. And even even the storage bins get a space. Yeah, because that becomes clutter of its own. Right. So we've got all of that. That's one one step of it. It's basically declutter everything. Mm-hmm. Another is to open up the spaces. And that is talking about moving furniture around and creating lanes or what flow through, through Traffic a space. Traffic flow, right? Yeah. You want the fewest obstacles as possible when you're 
walking from one end of a room to another. Yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I will find those obstacles and <laughs> right. trip and fall. In a storage container full of papers? Yeah, out everywhere. <laughs> I've done that in stores. I wish they were more feng shui. Because yeah. do you know how embarrassing it is to be laying flat on the floor in the middle of a store? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not fun. I bet there are consultants for stores for feng shui. Well, I'd be willing to bet. Well, the stores I populate with my presence should take more advantage of those consultants. (laughs) But anyway, so it's about moving that furniture. You had a number of really specific points. The heavier furniture, like desks, beds, couches, right, the dominant stuff, should be furthest from the point of entrance. Right. So our desk, for example, in the studio or office, it's furthest away from the door, but it's also in a space that's not going to put our backs to the door either. Not anymore, anyway. Right. <laughs> we did have to move it. Yeah, so I got Haley's desk. And this goes back to, it, it is interesting. Yeah. Because it goes back to your example about the moving the couch, and it doesn't feel right. We got a desk for Haley and put that in the other room for so she could work from time to time in case I needed space. <laughs> yeah. And when I put it against the wall, I put it where the outlets were. You know, and I thought this is going to be the easiest Practical. for the computer. Yeah. Right, but it puts her back towards the door. Now, I didn't know anything about all of this, the feng shui stuff, but I did know that felt wrong. The right. whole room felt wrong, but I didn't care enough to move it. Thanks. So Haley gets yeah. here, she cares because I guess it's her <laughs> desk, and moves it so that she can at least, you don't have to face the door because that's not always possible. Right. But you want to at least have a sight line to the entrance. Yeah, so you're keeping not only the physical space open, you're keeping sight lines open. Right. So you clear out the junk, you open up the space, and the last part of clearing out the air is literally cleaning the air, right? Exactly. And you're talking about plants and stuff like that. That's a big part of feng shui, having more plants in the space. And this kind of goes back to another design principle, too, of creating rhythm within a space. If you have an accent color, you want to repeat that throughout the home so that you're creating some flow that way. And you can do this with plants too. But the other side of that is that they're actually purifying the air as well, especially if we're talking about specific plants like ivy, succulents, spider plants, aloe vera, lucky bamboo. Lucky bamboo. You feeling lucky, Dan? No, I don't know why it's called lucky bamboo. (laughs) For marketing. Yeah, it's just a specific species of bamboo, but it's coined this term, lucky bamboo. It essentially, I think, is really just to help it sell. All right. The second rule, I would say, for this segment is adding some water to the space. So in feng shui, this is really important, again, because it's adding kind of a calming effect. Water can do that. Yeah. Water can have the opposite effect. (laughs) You make me nervous. Like, what is that water sound dripping? The next segment coming up is about ice dams. So water running down your your kitchen wall may have a calming sound. But once you realize where it's coming from, anxiety is going to ramp up. Yeah, but we we'll don't get to want that next. That water. <laughs> right. So you're talking it be fountains. Controlled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fountains and stuff like that. And exactly. by the by the entrance, right? Yeah. Typically that's where they're gonna say to place it. And then, you know, immediately you walk into the space and there's a sense of calm. Or maybe it's the living room. If your entryway literally just opens up into the living room, then that's the space you would put it into. And I kind of wonder, because we have the humidifier in here, if that counts as a water feature. <laughs> well, he it doesn't does. make any calming sounds. He does. He kind gurgles. Of. Oh, it's, every once in a while. But it he... sounds like indigestion, doesn't it? <laughs> his, it's like his stomach. Well, his, Stephen. Right. We've named it because he made so many human-like sounds. Mm-hmm. A little creepy, really. Well, 
It's endearing. Cute. Yeah. 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 But it might. <laughs> I don't might, know if it's feng shui though, Dan. Well, it's calming me. Okay, and because that's what it matters. Masks my indigestion <laughs> sounds. That's just Stephen. Anyway, so those that's the second rule is add some water. The yeah. last one that we're going to cover is let there be light. That was a very dramatic yes. naming of that rule. <laughs> but really, you're just talking about using lighting to make the space feel more open. Yeah, and this is something most of us are aware of already. We think about it with how many light fixtures we have in a space. Even just the lumens of a bulb could create more light. If it's got a higher lumen on the package, that means there's more light coming into the bulb or <laughs> more light coming from the bulb. Uh, another thing that you can do, though, this maybe sounds dramatic, but if you can opt for larger windows for your home or even adding French doors, that lets more light in, too. Even just opening the blinds on a regular basis yeah. is feng shui. It's right. creating that open, airy feel. Because you want natural light. Ideally, right. you know, you can add these light fixtures and bulbs, but really natural light is going to be the best. Using a lighter color as opposed to a dark color lightens up a room, obviously. Mm-hmm. So many different things. Mirrors, even kind of a fake window that way. It looks like the space is bigger and it's reflecting more light too. Yeah, this is this entire room over there, just like this room with some really cool guy looking at me. Then I realize, <laughs> oh, I'm just at a restaurant just, with a mirror there. Yeah, yeah right. maybe we shouldn't yeah. put any mirrors in here. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, my neighbors don't want me to have a glass house. And yeah, I probably shouldn't have mirrors. Right. <laughs> it's limiting, a little bit limiting for you, Dan. But. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, Haley, what we thought was interesting is when we got all done with this, you went through all of it, and then you kind of rated our studio, yeah. which was put together before you got here. Right. So I was very- I was rating you. Nervous <laughs> yeah. about how this was going to shake out, but I did all right. Yes, we actually did better than maybe Notice how would expect. we is yeah. how she phrased right. that. Yep. If it She's had been wrong, it would have been- you, I moved it's to been the desk. You. So, <laughs> oh, that's right. You know. My <laughs> office is horribly unfeng shui, right? Yeah, I mean, you said that your back is to the door, right? It, my back is to the door. There's plenty of clutter. There's I, no light. <laughs> I really, there's no windows. There isn't. I have to do something about it. Well, and a lot of people might be in the situation. And so I made <laughs> a fun quiz. You might not be feng shui if. Your back is to the door when you're on the couch, sitting at your desk, or laying in bed. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any plants, if living have... plants or just plants, <laughs> living ideally okay. living plants. Right. <laughs> if you have low lighting and minimal natural light, you don't have designated homes for things like paper, shoes, or the amorphous junk around the house. If you don't have a water feature, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are just some projects you can tackle now. Right. So maybe maybe start with an entryway. That's an easy room to start with or Definitely. an easy space to start with. Run yourself through Haley's quiz. See how you do. See what changes you can make. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're talking about ice dams on your roof and what to do if you're dealing with a little bit of water coming in. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, this is it. Last segment, episode 200. Haley, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about ice dams, yeah. ice on the roof. Have you ever had that? Well, I live in apartments right now still. So you don't so care. 
Well, it's not really my problem. (laughs) Although it is kind of concerning. I mean, I don't love seeing these giant, dangerous looking at points icicles coming down because, I I mean, what if it fell on me? Well, there is that. You know, so you've got icicles that form. We've all seen that. We've all seen houses with huge icicles. Maybe we have one of those houses. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that is potentially really scary because eventually they do fall off it's pretty but up close it gets a little scary when it's yours and and yeah i mean that could be how much weight do those carry huge amounts of weight yeah ice is the same as water you know over eight pounds a gallon yeah so that can be dangerous in and of itself what we're specifically talking about are the times where that forms and actually creates a dam along the eave of your roof and water can't get over that at some point. Eventually, it gets high enough that mm-hmm. the water can't get over it coming off of your roof, and it starts to pool, and eventually it pushes itself backwards through Up the shingles. Under the shingles. Yeah. See, one Into time- your house. Yeah. One time, <laughs> I had this brilliant idea. I forget what I was trying to get off the roof. Maybe the kids threw something up there. I think it was a Frisbee or something, and I didn't want to get the ladder out to get the Frisbee off the roof, so I, got the, I had the hose out, so I thought, I'm going to just hose- you know, and I'll hit the hit the uh, frisbee, and it'll come off eventually. Well, I did. I got it off. Then I went into the house later, oh and in my bedroom, I found all this water in my light fixtures. <laughs> and so I started having a freak out until I realized I was blowing water up oh, under the shingles. Sure. Yeah, yep. straight into the house. Whoops. That's the dumb way to get water in the house. The natural way is with these ice dams. The same concept applies, though. You know, so our air heats up in the attic and the roof starts melting. It freezes on the edge because the edges, you know, our eaves aren't over a living space. So they're exposed. They're cold. It refreezes. Can't get off. Water backs up. How do we fix that? If we've got that. There's a couple of things. We can solve the problem, but that's a springtime thing. Right. It's an off-season thing. You have to be thinking way in advance. Right. So you'd probably want to talk to somebody about maybe the insulation, mm-hmm. you know, check if Sealing that's... Sealing the house. Right. All of those things. Heat tapes could be installed. Right. All of those things could be done, but that's not something you can do right now. If you're dealing with this problem right now, and some of us are going to be, if we're not already, we're going to be by the end of next week. For some sure. of us will have that. So if you do have water starting to back up, or if you've got huge amounts of ice that are starting to form, you might want to get up, you know, maybe a ladder. Don't need to get on the roof. If you can access it from the ground, you know, a ladder on the ground, check to see what's going on. If you've got a lot of water puddling up there, you might be getting it into the house and not even realizing it. You yeah, know, it could be catastrophically that. pouring into your kitchen, or it could just be kind of leaking into the attic. Insulation's up there, so it's trapping the water. Now right. you've got mold forming, and you have no idea. Right. All of that's bad, so you kind of want to get that figured out. And if you do notice that, there's a number of things you want to do. You want to make sure that you clear those channels, create some channels in the ice so that you can get the water off the roof. And I guess the place that I would start, I always start, because I've dealt with this at the house that I used to live in every winter. This was something that we had to deal with. So I'd make sure to get the snow off the roof. That was always step number one. You know, get as much of that snow off as possible. And I'd use a roof rake. And I had have a very, very fancy, very fun roof rake. An avalanche. An avalanche roof rake. And every time I tell people about it, first they say, I know. You told me <laughs> about it last told year. Me. You've showed me the videos. <laughs> They've never seen my children. <laughs> but they have seen my roof rake. <laughs> but I talked to Haley about it, and you were familiar. Yeah, we sold them all the time when I worked in Montana. I mean, people needed to get large amounts of snow off the roof, and 
roof rakes are kind of tricky because you've got to slam it through the layer of ice that's built up already and pull it down. And then you've got to be careful that you're not actually raking the shingles because then you can damage them. The avalanche roof rake is pushing up through the snow, breaking through, and then it slides down onto a tarp. And it's way, I mean, it's still a little cumbersome, but. Yeah, it's still cumbersome. It's got these cool little wheels and a cutting bar. And like Haley said, you just push it up the roof and the cutting bar cuts through the snow, no matter really how deep it is, mm-hmm. you know, foot and a half or so, it'll still go through. And then it slides down this tarp that's attached to that cutting bar, and it just avalanches off the roof. This sounds like so much fun. You really enjoy this almost, don't you? It is. It's like one of those Tom Sawyer kind of things, though. <laughs> it, you oh, want to show everybody how fun it is, so they want to try it. I was just going to suggest that maybe you should come over to my house no. and show me how it works. Yeah, I've been down that road. I know how this part works. <laughs> but it is really cool. If you've got to get the snow off, that's one really great way to do it. It's not going to damage the roof. If you have to use a regular roof rake, or that's what you choose to do, the big thing is make sure you leave a good inch or so of snow on the roof. You don't want to scrape it down to the shingles because that can damage them. But if you get the snow off, at least that's going to, you know, you've got an end in sight for your problem. Definitely. Because if it's not up there, it can't melt and create this But if you've got water coming in right now, I mean, you've got to create a channel immediately. You can't just rake the snow off. Right. And the big thing to think about is, like you said, you just need to create a channel. So there's a couple of ways. You know, you could put ice melt up there and you want to get an ice melt with either calcium chloride or magnesium chloride or a combination of the two in it and put it in like an old pair of pantyhose or something. Dan? I have several old pair that I can lend out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's so gross to think about. (laughs) But yes, you fill that little tube up and you put it on the roof vertically. Yes, you you want to create like a stripe. I've seen somebody, uh, it was me, I drank it horizontally (laughs) thinking I was doing a great thing and somebody said, you're an idiot. Did it make it worse? No, it just doesn't really do anything. You're not oh. making a channel. You know, you've got to create the, the channel up and down. Right. I was trying to get the big icicles off. This was years ago when I was a noob. Right, not, a not now. Noob. Noob is a newbie. Oh. Noob yeah. and a rube is like kind of a Dumb country person. bumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, both of those things applied to me back then. <laughs> they still apply. But anyway, drape that vertically, and you want you know the end of it kind of hanging into the gutter. Hopefully, that will cut through a channel. You don't want to broadcast the. The, the ice melt on the roof because it's just pointless. You've got to create channels and make sure that water can get off. There are pucks that you can buy that are specifically for roofs, things like Roof that. Roof puck? Yep. It's a, salt, it's a puck that's uh. ice melt and that'll clear those channels. <laughs> the last, you know, if it's really, really critical, I mean, there are people that will get up there with hammers <laughs> and we talked to a roofer and he said, if you're going to do that, make sure you're swinging it like a golf club that you're swinging right. parallel. Yeah, parallel to the surface. Don't go straight down on it because you're going to cut through. You're going to damage that the surface. Roof. Yeah, the yeah. hammer thing is absolute last ditch because chances are you're going to damage the roof no matter how careful you try to be. Right. And with the ice melt, the whole idea there is use it minimum amounts. You know, get it up, get the channel created, and then get it off because it still could stain. It could still cause problems down the road. Corrosion to mm-hmm. your fis- fasteners and things like that. Right. So anyway, ice dams on the roof. Hopefully, we're all going to avoid whatever terrible ramifications those things can cause. But if not, at least you got a game plan. Right. All right. That's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap this one up. If you want to check it out again, you can find it online at RepcoLite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The RepcoLite and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Dan Altina. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.